Hey, listener, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. You can play Pick'em. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower total in each stat for this week's games for a chance to win big. You can actually win up to 100 times your money in a single night. That's right. I didn't say 10. I didn't say 20. Up to 100 times your money. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick them entry. My favorite feature, you can make rivals picks. Hit two players against each other. Wembenyama versus Nikola Jokic. Tim Hardaway Jr. versus Norm Powell. Kawhi Leonard. Versus Steph Curry. Who knows? Maybe Grayson Allen versus Pat Connaughton. You get where I'm going with that. You can do it all with Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you sign up today with the promo code DING. That's D-I-N-G. And get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our promo code DING, D-I-N-G, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazzy Man Brain. I'm joined, as always, by my brother. This time, I'm going to Miami. Welcome to Miami. You back in your hometown, Nando? Back in the hometown, you know, making sure everything's all right, making sure everyone's behaving, you know. Uh, you got to come back every once in a while and remind people what's what, you know. That's right. That's right. You got to let them know you haven't become... Too yeah. soft in your move to the West Coast. Well, no. today's show, man, it's crazy. Like yesterday, I was actually in a in a work um a work text thread about something, and somebody made a joke about, oh man, I thought you wanted to have Henry Kissinger on this podcast. <laughs> and um I, I that that was me finding out that Henry Kissinger had died. Of course, um, American statesman from, you know, Nixon administration, quite infamously to, you know, being an advisor to all kinds of presidents and, and other, you know, kings and all kinds of foreign leaders, you know, that ran the gamut. Uh, and he finally passed away yesterday at the age of 100 years old. Nando, um, I first became aware of Henry Kissinger and his legacy. Um, I read this book on the, which I've mentioned on here a bunch of times called Legacy of Ashes. Um, it's a history of the CIA written by a dude named Timothy Weiner. 
And in the book, Weiner explains the role that Kissinger played when we carpet bombed Cambodia and Laos for basically no, no reason. reason. Yeah. whatsoever. It was his idea. He advised Nixon to carpet bomb those countries. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of people died off of this. And that's, you know, we can't, we don't even know the type of people who were maimed and injured and forever affected by this bombing campaign. And I was like, God damn, that was sort of my introduction. Reading that book was my introduction to the idea that, you know, <laughs> generally speaking, the, the U.S. is fucking shit up abroad. Um, when we're overturning democratically elected governments, even when we're not doing that, we're basically uh, propping up strongman authoritarian regimes. Like, we are generally doing the most fucked up shit abroad um, in our names. The government is doing that shit in our names. And Henry Kissinger, man, he's got quite the resume in that regard, Nando. Yeah, I mean, the the war in, in Vietnam and in kind of greater Indochina, because really the war was extended personally by Henry Kissinger into Cambodia. Um, mm -hmm. The war also was 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 fought uh, in in many ways in Laos as well, like the three neighboring countries. That war in Indochina, which lasted basically from the middle 1950s to the mid 1970s, about 20 years, um, in which the United States involvement was from the beginning to the end, but uh, really was ramped up through the 1960s uh, yep. and early 70s. You know, you've seen all the movies. Um, when you <laughs> tell people that on the low end, we probably killed a million and a half people on the high end, maybe closer to four million people in those three countries, you know, and it's unfathomable, dude. It's unfathomable, dude. And especially because of because the pretense for the war was so thin in the sense that it's like Vietnam, like who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like this tiny. Well, well, Nando is containment because if, yeah. if Vietnam becomes communist, New Mexico's next. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really just absolutely deranged shit because, you know, yeah, yeah um, you know, just these three poor countries on the other side of the world that have a very questionable strategic importance to anything. Um, and and just just this fanatical kind of uh, push to contain the spread of communism um, killed, you know, maybe 3 million people. I mean, they don't really know. They, they'll never really know. But, the, you know, most historical estimates place it at somewhere between um, like one and a half uh, and three and a half million people, which even on the low end would be just an incredible amount of death. Um, and Kissinger was not one of the, I wouldn't say one of the architects of it, um, because the the war... I mean, the Cold War started in like yeah. 1946, from 45. Actually, yeah. some people would say the Cold War, Cold War started even before we finished off the Nazis and the Japanese army. Like, they had already started being like, yo, we got to take the Soviets out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the strange thing about Kissinger, I mean, he obviously, his role in expanding specifically the war into Cambodia secretly, which is mm -hmm. like, I think, an important part of it. Like, it was done in secret for, for a very long time. Um, and not to interrupt, Nando, I think nowadays people sort of take for granted that most of the wars we're fighting are happening in secret. Meaning, yeah. so there's, we have troops in places like uh, Somalia, 
for yeah. instance, right? Like straight up fighting. There's America, it's probably like private mercenary armies, but whatever, on the behalf of the United States fighting in Somalia, that yeah. is not Niger. gonna be coverage. Niger, yeah. that's yeah. not gonna get coverage on the New York Times every day. No. It's not gonna get coverage on CNN every day. Like nobody's talking about it. Like the way that we did say when we invaded Iraq and Afghanistan or, you know, the way it was out here during Vietnam, World War II, even the Korean War, etc. I think nowadays people take it for granted that these wars are happening in secret or not secret, just just not in happening in our faces in terms yeah. of the coverage of it. But back in 1969, that was not the fucking case. Like you were, our country wasn't supposed yeah. to be dropping massive amounts of bombs on people and not getting approval from Congress and not letting the American people weigh in and not like taking the temperature of the country. These fools just was like, no, we're, we're just going to do this. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing, but the strange thing about Kissinger, I mean, again, like his personal role in in administering the awful things that the U.S. empire did, obviously Cambodia. I mean, a, a really egregious one is is Chile. You know, basically yep. orchestrating the coup against the, the coup. Uh, against Allende, um, killing Allende and killing the head of the Chilean army. Um, Period. Very crazy. You know, by the way, democratically the elected, way. democratically elected uh, president of a democratic country. You know? Of a democratic country, so that they could do what, guys? So some companies could come in and sell whatever they did, they wanted to do, privatize every single sector of that economy, so that they could come in and just be like, oh, like there's companies. Let's let's completely destabilize this country so that we can have unfettered capitalism. Yeah. It, it'll be sick. Like that, and that's it. Like that's literally it. It's like the the point of it is that so a few people can start companies in there, privatizing some of their public sector. Yeah. Like it's it's mind numbing when you think about it. Yeah, and so but the strange thing about Kissinger again is that Kissinger did all that and became a celebrity. Um, like a, a bona fide celebrity. Kissinger was on talk shows like The Carson Show. He was frequently a guest of, of Robert Evans, who was the most famous producer in Hollywood at the time. He produced The Godfather and Chinatown, and he's a kind of a legendary producer and had like a legendary house in Beverly Hills where all the actresses and actors and glitterati would hang out. And Kissinger was just one of the one of the people hanging about. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he became a, 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 this kind of, famous person um, for being a, a essentially diplomat for the United States. It's very strange and kind of unprecedented career in that sense. I mean, there's plenty of awful people that have done fucking awful things on behalf of the U.S. empire, but he's right. the only one who was able to do it in a way that made him a celebrity, not just amongst kind of the Republican Party, which is the party that he served uh, famously as Secretary of State and National Security Advisor, something that has never been had never been done uh, for Richard Nixon. Like, like Nixon was he worked for Richard. Hated, Nixon. He's oh, my God, hated bro. by like liberals. And, he was you know. Trump. He was the he was the Trump to liberals of that day. Yeah. He Watergate was seen as a complete yeah. and utter yeah. monster. But, you know, and we were talking about this on our text thread, man. I honestly think if you're like an Ivy League egghead with any level of charisma, um, you're going to do well amongst that set because people are going to take you seriously as an intellectual. And it's like, oh, my God, this guy's like 
vaguely interesting and cool because there are obviously a bunch of people come out of those Ivy League schools, right? Come out of these, you know, stuff like the Rand Corporation and all of these like think tanky sort of things, which Kissinger is an animal of those, you know, circles. But a lot of these dudes is Poindexters. You know, a lot of these dudes, they they wouldn't be able to hold their own in the setting of big shot Hollywood producers, actresses and actors like they just wouldn't fit in. And so to have those credentials and just be have social skills. Yeah, um, I I think that that's part of it. He was a I mean, he was a legendary ladies man. I mean, look at a Mm -hmm. picture of Henry Kissinger. He was not a handsome dude even when he was young. I mean, he was not. And he had a weird accent. You know, he yeah. was a weird German accent and, mm-hmm. and like he wasn't a hot dude, but he was he was swimming in chicks, you know, outside like in the 1970s. It was like, uh, um, you know, he had the famous line, you know, someone asked him like how he did it, you know, like how he how he managed to like sleep with so many models and actresses when he was just this kind of nerdy uh, diplomat who was not very handsome or, you know, or suave in any way. And he was just like, he just said, power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. Mm. Um and he used that kind of charm and swag, for lack of a better term, to really uh, enamor pe- like everyone in elite circles in the United States. I mean, this dude, like there's that famous moment where Hillary Clinton, who had also been secretary oh of state gosh. under Barack Obama, said that she frequently called him for advice. I mean, again, like this is the guy that was the Nixon guy, like he was on the other yep. team, so to speak. Um, but like liberals loved him. Um, this guy was on the people forget Henry Kissinger was on the board of Theranos. Of you course. know, he was on corporate. He board. got really fucking rich. Yeah. Throughout like, his life. It was like if you had a corporate board and you wanted some guy to give you prestige and gravitas, gravitas you throw yeah. Henry Kissinger in there, pay him a couple million dollars. And um, and yeah, so he it's he really has an unprecedented career, I would say, as probably the most famous diplomat in American history, someone who wasn't um, you know, who never became president himself. Um, and, and, and it's just so perfect, uh, and a certain perfect indictment on, on everything in our society and the U S empire that this like craven fucking monster is so revered and celebrated, um, basically everywhere in, in every, at every institutional level in elite circles in America. I mean, it's just, he, he is the instrument of, of, you know, he is the blunt force of the tip of the spear of, of the empire. And that's what he did his whole life. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about butcher box. Butcher box is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging, It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that 
out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at ButcherBox.com Dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So just for some background for people um, to understand the, the sort of bar- barbarism of Henry Kissinger's career, right? So he's an advisor to the Rockefeller campaign. Um, obviously, uh, um, you know, that was Richard Nixon's rival in the Republican Party. Because, again, in 2023, there's this kind of like even... Even a Mitt Romney, you can't even really call a quote unquote Rockefeller Republican. Like these people don't exist. These sort of country club, you know, vaguely socially liberal uh, Republicans who are just about just cap- capitalism. But, you know, like we don't want like hayseeds and shit in charge of it. We want no. people with some polish, capitalism with some polish, right? Yeah. That's essentially. The, the Rockefeller wing of the Republican Party. Uh, obviously, Nixon defeats that guy in the Republican primary, and Kissinger, because he's got friends in the Democratic Party, too, because that's, in a lot of ways, his natural cohort, the liberal elites of the Democratic Party. He finds out that, essentially, the Johnson campaign, I mean, not the Johnson campaign, the Johnson administration um, is about to figure out a way to make a peace with Hanoi, um, the Viet Cong, <laughs> my man Ho Chi Minh, and basically bring, bring an end to the war. And he knows that this information is valuable, and he realizes that he's no longer going to be able to be in the seat of power. You know, So he's like, yo, I don't have any common cause with Richard Nixon, but I should try to curry favor with that guy. And he tells Richard Nixon about the peace that they're trying to achieve in Vietnam and basically end the war. And that would end Richard Nixon's juice because he's talking about he's going to be the one to bring about peace. It's going to be him. And this is part of his whole campaign and part of his whole, you know, his well, so he, the American if, people. If, if Lyndon Johnson ended the war, it would it would really shore up. I mean, the biggest problem for Lyndon Johnson in re-election is that young people hated the fucking war and young people vote Democrat. And like, it, it, you know, it's a similar thing that's happening with Biden and, and Israel-Palestine. Like, the re- it would affect Biden more than it would affect uh, a Republican president because the Democratic base is, you know, a huge part of it is young people and young people are, like, po- every polling shows like right. 80% like horrified by what's happening in Israel-Palestine. So, right. Yeah. And so, and so he gets this information to Nixon, and they find a way to absolutely sabotage it. Of course, Nixon um, gets elected, and he has no leverage. He can't bring these people to the table. And so what they de- de- devise, what they come up with, 
uh, Kissinger and Nixon is that they would come up with the, what they call the crazy man strategy. They would try to essentially scare the Viet Cong yeah. and Hanoi into surrender. Get them to think that Richard Nixon he's is a crazy. Yeah. He's insane. So we have to come to the table. How do they prove that Richard Nixon is is insane, Nando? They bomb the shit out of the surrounding countries um, of Vietnam. Yeah. Amazing, dude. Like they sabotaged a peace accord. And I think the war went on for another five years or so after yeah. that. Think about the amount of people who died. And just so that Henry Kissinger could have a seat at the table in Richard Nixon's White House. Just think about that. Yeah. Just yeah. think about that. Yeah. But when you say when you say his hundreds of thousands, yeah. hundreds of thousands of people probably died that hundreds and thousands of more maimed and fucked up behind it. And so when you say that quote, uh, power is the ultimate aphrodisiac, if you read anything about his career in the State Department, um, a lot of the neocons hated him because to their mind, he wasn't a true believer. No. You know, doing shit cynic. like... He's a cynic, exactly, <laughs> exactly. He's not an ideologue. Like, doing shit like detente with quote-unquote communist China to the neocons is like, this is fucking crazy. We can't find common cause with the fucking commies in China. But yeah. obviously Kissinger understood it's just like, no, this is just power is what power does. It, yeah. it doesn't matter who we're establishing our power with. Whoever's helping us expand our power and our reach is our friends. It doesn't matter whether they're commie or fucking um capitalist it doesn't matter and so that was like his whole thing it's just like he understood like being in a position of influence and power was more important than any ide ideology obviously i want to read uh larry summers's tweet lawrence larry summers um who's almost like he's the closest thing to a kissinger equivalent in the kind of economics uh field um he's not the same but it's it, the same in the sense that he's like you know, he was Secretary of Treasury a couple times, and you know, worked for Obama. Worked for he's a he's a he's a piece of, of shit. Harvard. I'm not I'm not afraid to say it. No, he's he a, he's an absolute sucks. he's an absolute fucking piece of shit monster. But you know, game recognized game, so he right. Yes, he uh, <laughs> I will greatly miss Henry Kissinger. He was always extraordinarily generous towards me, an undiplomatic economist. His combination of intellectual brilliance, intense curiosity, and human shrewdness is not something I ever expect to. Ever, I, I expect to ever again encounter. For 47 years after leaving office, Henry Kissinger stayed at the center of global events. That must be a record. In my last conversation with him a few weeks ago, he was totally engaged around the many threats facing Israel and also very worried about the many threats to global order. RIP, my friend. Global order. <laughs> I know, but like, there's this feel, there's this line that Kissinger, that Kiss, there's this reputation that Kissinger was able to cultivate amongst these people that he was this kind of intellectual powerhouse, you know, like a titan uh, of, of, you know, like he was, he had the chessboard, you know, like he was like the best <laughs> risk player ever, you know, he had the little chessboard, he's moving things around and, mm -hmm. he, you know, that he was like this intellectual titan. And I, I always like, even if that were true, you know, which I don't think it is. Like, I mean, these people yeah, are like an actual intellectual, you know what I mean? Like, he's not an actual kind of someone who doesn't have actual ideas. Yeah, no. yeah exactly. Um, even if that were true, I mean, I more as the older I get, the more and more I feel like just like intelligence, pure, intelligence is overrated and intelligence absent, like uh, a kind of 
you know, ethics or morals is actually like yeah, but in, in service of what? What was this? In this this of, intellectual of clarity in service of like of and that's it. That's it. Yeah. He never did anything for anybody. Like nobody's life no. was made materially better by an idea that Henry Kissinger came up with besides the people in his freaking family obviously but like they'll be rich forever for generations but like henry kissinger give me a break and you know it's kind of interesting to hear him say oh the plight of israel is on his mind because if you again if you read the accounts of henry kissinger he was essentially the jewish version of an uncle tom um freaking richard nixon was virulently virulently anti-semitic um routinely and it, this is on tape yeah he hated jews <laughs> he this hated is on jews. tape he's he's talking shit about jews to henry kissinger's face dude yeah. like virulently hated the jews you know and that meant nothing to henry kissinger he he was he was known like when he was making his diplomatic missions he would try not to have too many jewish people in his entourage because he understood that like certain people would be put off by the idea that Henry Kissinger had a lot of Jewish people in his circumference and his circle, you know, like this dude was such a like, yeah, I don't know what you call my Jewish homies. Got to tell me what a Jewish uncle Tom is. <laughs> Self-hating Jew. <laughs> Self-hating Jew. Boom. Uh, that was, that was Henry Kissinger. So to well, hear him he has that famous that quote. He, he has a famous quote at some point. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. <clears throat> he said, um, if it had not been, this is a quote from Henry Kissinger. If it had not been for the accident of my birth, I would have been an anti-Semite. <laughs> <laughs> what a sick, what a sick, 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 sick individual. But yeah, man, we just wanted to give you guys a sort of a real talk about Henry Kissinger's, um, history man and and his resume because again if you turn on msnbc cnn open up the new york times this new york times open is just going to be flowery and they're going to say you know they're going to use euphemisms like you know he had to make difficult decisions or controversial blah blah blah. they're not going to just say like this guy is essentially a mass murderer yeah um this there's just no two ways about it they're not gonna you know they're not gonna put it that way but that's his history that's his yeah. legacy. And um, yeah, we figured we would share that with you all today. Um, you know, of course, Hillary Clinton bragging about being down with him. Barack Obama, you know, sending him autograph pics like, oh, you're the man, Kissinger. We love you. I mean, that was that well, epic moment in the Bernie Hillary debate when Hillary was like, I call Henry Kissinger for advice all the time. And he's my friend. I call him a friend and he's like, and Bernie was like, Henry Kissinger is not my friend. <laughs> I do not call him for advice. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. But like Hillary Clinton's lack of, she's, she's been like so entrenched in elite circles for so long. She couldn't even fathom that it was a bad look. Yeah, she was like, well, so of course, thirsty they're... to be friends with Henry. These people are going to be think it's dope, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's Henry Kissinger. Like what? Like he's the shit. Are you kidding me? It's yeah. like if I was telling people I was homies with Stephen A. Smith. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, duh, that's something to brag about. What are you talking about? He's the fucking, <laughs> he's the OG. He's the man. He's the he's the biggest thing going in my fucking industry. Are you shitting yeah. me? 
you know, I worked at the State Department. Of course I'm friends with Henry Kissinger. It's just so obvious the blatant just cluelessness of these people. Anyway, man, um, that's our show today. Uh, I would encourage you guys to go read. My man Spencer Ackerman wrote an obituary in Rolling Stone on Henry Kissinger. It's nice and lengthy and very detailed and just mwah, chef's kiss. He takes Fuck the yeah. piss out of Henry Kissinger. Go read that, man. If you're going to read any Kissinger obit, go read um, Spencer Ackerman and Rolling Stone. Um, shouts to my man Nando Vila. Shouts to John Gervais on the ones and threes. We will see you guys again next week. Peace. Later. Later.